The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. Listen to me, we're at it. Hi, everybody. This is UFC Unfiltered. Matt and I are having our last show of the year. Um, it's been Best a kind of, of a year. Oh, I'm what, sorry. What, buddy? Best of the year, part two. Did part two, yes. Last uh, We had Adam Ray and uh, Megan Levy last time. Both really fun. And um, I'm wearing the same shirt for consistency. And my head is still fat. I haven't lost any weight in the last few days. And uh, hopefully this episode, we're going to have the great Dean Thomas and also Brendan Fitzgerald. Uh, on talking about uh, uh, knockout of the year. And also another fun one is a fight of the year. A couple of really, really good, uh, interesting uh, topics. So, oh, very exciting. Very, very exciting. Yeah. Um, I can't believe Glover. I had to last week. I went by not last week, two days ago. I had to mention Glover. I mean, I can't believe he didn't make the list. That really hurt my feelings. Yeah, well, listen, <laughs> me and you, we had to, we, 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 we made up for that. By, by choosing him as the moment. Uh, yeah. Jimmy, what are you doing for the holidays? Don't I was just going to ask you the same thing. You know, I'm not. Christmas Day is very laxed by me. I'm just chillaxing. Not really do much. You know, maybe, uh, you know, Sissy yeah. and then uh, Edwin comes over. My uh, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law. And, you know, it's laid back. But the night before is when uh, Christmas Eve, we go to my Aunt Marielle's, my wife's aunt. And, uh. They have the big, you know, they do the fish thing. I don't eat fish. You don't like fish? No, I hate it. <laughs> Anything fish-wise, I'll throw that on the floor. But I do, I do like pasta. Okay. I like some pizza. So I'm sure they'll have something there for me. Wow, no fish. I, I love a, uh, I love fish. I love a uh, grilled fish. I don't like any fish, Jimmy. I don't like the smell of fish. I don't like any. You don't like sushi? No, my wife likes that stuff in my firstborn. I'm like, yo, me and my middle child, they're like, don't even sit near us. I understand. Yeah, it's an acquired taste. Believe it or not, Rich Voss, of all the awful people I could have mentioned, Rich Voss got me into sushi, which you would never think that a man like Rich Voss would open your palate to anything but bile. Um, but yeah. You know, listen, I, I remember I was in Japan with Henzo and he was eating something that was like literally moving and like winking at him. I go, yeah, I don't fuck it. I'm not into that. But you know what I am into, Jimmy? What, buddy? Ready? Good. You want to do my movie minute? You got a lot of that. That's final movie minute of the year. 
It's me. Oh, no. Oh, Brendan's ready. Son ah. of a well, Brendan's going to have to wait. You know, let's okay. get him in and let's ask him if he's seen Spider-Man. Ah. No way home. I saw that. Let's bring in Brendan no, Fitzgerald. Wait, you seen it? Yes. Great. Uh, great job, Brendan does. Yes. You did not see it. Mm. You seen the new spider-man movie i'd love to talk about it but brendan came in i'll give you <laughs> did i save you jim yes you did because i got caught lying Good. i didn't see the new spider-man i was lying well either did brendan brendan you didn't see that movie right no i haven't i'm, I'm not a movie theater guy that's a that's a 15 dollar nap or whatever it costs to to go into one of those things anymore I'm scared of bed bugs, like in a movie theater, because I've heard the cases of people getting bed bugs. It just freaks me out to go to a theater now. But did you yeah. really, did you really hear a case of somebody getting it, or you read it somewhere? I've read it in the paper. A buddy of yours ever come back? God, oh, these bed bugs at the AMC. No, no, it doesn't happen. Maybe not. I, I don't mean to. I don't mean to get attack you in front of Brendan. <laughs> Brendan, I'm sorry. Let's start again. Brendan, good to see you again. Man. It's good to see you, Matt. How are you? Last time I seen you, I was in a park with roller coasters and whatnot where was that wait no that wasn't you no it wasn't me what was that john good <laughs> oh matt it's another tall lanky white guy i don't fucking know you guys all look the same to me i rarely run into matt anymore but uh we were in abu dhabi at the same time that was a that's hoot. what it was jimmy i'm way off yeah i was <laughs> jimmy this is the thing Brendan. <laughs> we had john gooden who looks nothing like you actually yeah. No, we're tall, you know. He was, a, you all call Nicky Whiteman. He was a co host. And then I just realized your hair looks nothing like each other. You guys don't really look His like is a little longer. Yeah, he's got a little, a little more. All right, now listen, this is all going to get cut out anyway. And I'm really- oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's, Jimmy's going to make sure it stays in. Listen, I'm so glad you're here. Not to yeah. talk about Spider Man No Way Home, which I will talk about later. Right. Okay. I don't want, I don't want the audience to tune out because they think I'm not going to talk about it. I will. But we're here to talk about fighter of the... No, wait, what are we talking about, Jimmy? Well, we have a couple of things left. This is our last show of the year. Okay. Um, we got uh, fight of the year with Dean. And uh, with you, we're going to uh, talk about uh, what do you think knockout of the year was. Um, you probably, from memory, know it there. Here's a couple of options. Right. No, uh, yeah. Have ahead. they given you the options? Um, uh, Yuri Prohovska against uh, Dominic Reyes. Uh, right. Ngannou Stipe, of course. Sanhagen Edgar. Ooh, Olivera Chandler, Poirier Connor too, Nami Yunus, uh, 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 Zhang uh Burgos against Barboza, that little stagger back, Usman Masvidal, um, Barnett, uh, John Vellante, or uh, Joaquin Buckley against uh, uh, Kasangane. Right. So Joaquin Buckley against Kasangane was 2020. That was like, uh, that was Fight Island. Now that is the correct answer for whatever year it was in. So I'm going to let that be the knockout of the year for 2020. Cause that that's was on before. our list. That's our producers is actually it, puts it, that on our list. Was it in January? I There's hope, no, I hope. Was it in January in Abu Dhabi? I thought it was the year before. Myself and Jimmy both secretly, not even secretly. We just hope you're right. Cause I have a decent <laughs> memory, but not. Don't you, you don't do the legwork now, Brendan. Guys, do the legwork for us. And I mean, look up your mistake. I mean, that's, so that's the right answer if it's in this year. But I could have sworn that was 2020. Which one? Which one are you saying? Joaquin Buckley, the spinning back kick on. It was October 2020. That's right. That's right. Okay. Thank you so, very much for doing the, the job our producers do not do. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, when I saw it on the list, because the fighters only awards 
they were including that because of COVID, a lot of stuff got just pushed back. And it was like the the year and a half end awards, I feel like for some of those categories. But okay, I am biased on knockout calls because I get to call some of them. So like when I had the headset on, obviously I remember a lot of those. Um, And then those title fight knockouts, obviously those, I don't want to say they mean more, but there's obviously more to Rose Nama Yunus knocking out Zhang Wei Li to get the belt back. But um, for me, it's between Corey Sandhagen's flying knee against Frankie Edgar and Yuri Prohaska's spinning back elbow against Dominic Reyes. My criteria is like the most creative kind of jaw-dropping, jump-off-the-couch, hands-to-the-head type of uh, reaction from a knockout. And I got I called both of those. So again, I, I said that I'm biased and I am, but I think it took me longer to catch my breath after Corey Sandhagen's flying knee on Frankie Edgar. I'm giving that my knockout of the year. Uh, just a walk-off, clean, flying knee. He didn't even break stride. He just kind of looked back like a badass and was just like, yep, it's over. And uh, gosh, man, that was I, – I, there was like a – stark silence in the ufc apex because fans weren't there yet it was just kind of the people the crew the the commission and it was like this holy smokes what did we just see so that's what i'll give you i'm gonna take another great one our producers suggested uh anderson silva knocking out forrest griffin i'm gonna take- yes that was a good one that was a good one they did it to us on the last episode too just another one that happened eight years ago right um you know you don't think to read over every single one and check the dates but i guess i have to well um, and that, this day and age every year does i mean 2020 and 2021 seemed like one giant you know crap year yeah no. They do, unless you're doing research and there's a year in front of it, uh, in which case it doesn't. <laughs> you're kind of just trying to help them out as best I can. No, no, no. You're, trust me, I, 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 I've tried it too many. T- uh, anyway, Matt, who do you pick? What do you, what do well, you think? I'm going to tell you who I pick. And I pick Dustin Poirier knocking out Conor McGregor in their second fight. That's who I pick. Because you, you listen, you got to think, man, when they first. I mean, the first fight, how that went down. And, you know, Connor has been looking like a, you know, a savage since. There was nothing indicating why this fight should be different. You know, it's not like Connor was fighting and looking less accurate. Who do you finish right before that? Cowboy Cerrone, I think. I believe yeah. that's what he did him with the shoulder. With the, yeah. Buster's over the shoulder, head kicked him. So he's looking, uh, you know, oh, wait, oh. Yeah, that was that was yeah, that was, was January 2020, and then he came back January 21, and he poor you. So guy. you know, I mean, for Dustin to come in there and 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 you know fight a guy that that KO'd him, and to do it in the fashion he did, had to take some shots and started hitting him back and pointing at him. Look, I can box too. That was fun. That was a great. That was a great moment, man. So I don't know. I give it to Dustin Poirier. I'm going to take Rose over Zhang Wiley. I thought that was, that was big the too. most shocking one. Um, I wasn't shocked that Rose won, but but Wiley had looked so dangerous standing up. And to get to how it is when you really like a fighter, like you start to get nervous for them when they're fighting certain people. And I was watching that. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I, I hated that fight because I like Rose so much, and I was very worried about uh, Wiley's power and, and, and just how devastating she is standing up. So that for me is the most impressive, um, knockout. I was shocked that she, that she won that way. I wasn't shocked she won, but I was shocked that she docked her out in the, uh, in, in the first round. 
That looked like a simulation. That was like they were standing up in the way that Zhang Weili fell after that head kick. It looks it looked in it yeah. didn't look overly powerful. It was just like what just happened. That was a good one. That was man. That was a moment. Yeah, for me it was a shot. I mean, you know, Francis, uh, you know, for uh, winning too. the title you know, is amazing. So early in the fight, like so much on the yeah. line, just incredible. And that was yeah. a battle that uh, that she had with um, uh, Andrade. No, no, Joanna uh, Jojacek. Yeah, uh, uh, Wiley. Um, oh wait, are you talking about Rose or Wiley? No, I'm talking about Wiley had a battle. They had a oh. battle. Her and Joanna. Yeah, that's uh, the last event with fans before. And so the then, oh. then next thing you know, she's fighting Rose, and you're thinking, man, look what, look at the right. battle she had with, uh, with with Joanna. So you're thinking this is going to be a fucking war. And then, like the first kick she throws or whatever, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, one of it those was, things. It was shocking. She was an underdog too. Um, yeah. As was Poirier. Poirier was a big underdog in that fight with Conor that first time around. Oh, 100%. People he was like plus 200 or something and, uh, you know, just stomped him out. That was something else, man. It's so hard to pick, like, moment of the year or this or the – because there's just so many, especially in the last – I mean, every weekend we had fights. I mean, there was so many incredible fights in the last two years uh, since the pandemic. It, it seems like UFC was busier in the pandemic than they were before the pandemic. Certainly busier than the other pro sports, especially in 2020 when we came yeah. back. We did 41 events, I think, in 2020, which is like one shy of what we wanted to get, which is incredible considering we had, I think, a full six weeks off. But um, yeah, I mean, and then just think of the back half of 21. Like since, I mean, July was when Connor fought Dustin again in the in the third one. But like in September, you had Volkanovski and Ortega. In October, you had Glover Teixeira in, in Abu Dhabi. Then you had New York City. Then you had, uh, you know, Oliveira and Poirier, that card that just went down. Like the cards that have been delivering on the back half of this year, like none other for a certain stretch to, to have just like incredible action um, consecutive weeks in a row. It's just been it's an on fire. Yeah, and I was happy for for Derek Lewis too. I mean, it was really nice to see that. Uh, again, I didn't have him picked. I think we both picked uh, Dawkins, but I mean, uh, I was happy for him when he when he wanted. Even though I I picked uh, every time I pick against Derek, he wins too. I'm yeah. such a stupid asshole. I, I don't know why I would ever pick against uh, Derek Lewis uh, because again, against Curtis Blades, we talked about that last time out. He didn't look great in that fight until he threw that punch. Yeah, that could also be like a knockout of the year candidate in terms of he was a big underdog and like wasn't really doing much and then just lands an uppercut from hell that uh, gave him, I think most knockouts of all time that tied him. And then he finishes the year by setting the record on his own with a, another first round knockout. But yeah, it was cool to hear how candid he was this past week. Like, yeah, the pressure in Houston was getting to me. It was That's like, right. it was really important. And it was the day that I got out of prison, August 7th, 13 years before and stuff. You don't often get that from Derek. So for him to, you know, a lot of people, I think, just forget that he's a real human being. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, to go out and have that result was something else. And, and you must love uh, how many fights do you call a year? And do you ever get to do they just say, hey, Brandon, we need you for this one. Or do you ever get to request one like that card? I would just love to call that. Or how does that work for you? I mean, when there's locations involved, sometimes I'll lobby from just like, hey, wouldn't mind going to uh, Prague. Always wanted uh, to go to Prague, you know, or something like that, you know, just, but I don't request stuff. It's just how the schedule falls. And nowadays it's um, every event that I called this year was at the apex. So there was no travel involved for me. And it was just 
here's the schedule and uh, on we go. Sometimes I get, you know, it's just on how the fights fall. Like uh, Max Holloway was supposed to fight Yair Rodriguez in July. And I actually wasn't supposed to call that fight. And then it gets pushed back or whenever that got pushed back to. And then it kind of falls on my calendar with the event that I was connected to. And same with Corey Sandhagen and uh, TJ Dillashaw. That was another big fight I got to call this year that was like pushed back. I wasn't going to call it. Now I'm calling it. It's just how the schedule kind of falls. And Holloway has looked so good. When was it that uh, uh, Michael Bisping was like, you look tired, man. You, you, don't, you, you look like a little uh, – when, when was that? That was, that maybe, was, was it two uh, and a half tw- years ago, three years 2018. ago? 2018. Yeah, it was 2018. July of 2018, he was supposed to fight Brian Ortega. And that was going to be the co-main event international fight week. That's the event that DC beat Stipe. Uh, I believe that was the event that DC beat Stipe, and they were supposed to be the co-main event there. That fight then gets pushed back to Toronto, and then Max looked great. Max beat Brian Ortega in, in December of that year. Um, but yeah, man, he's he was on fire in 2021. People won. They're not going to call him fighter of the year because he didn't win a belt. He didn't defend his belt or anything like that. But between what he did against Calvin Cater and what he did against Yair Rodriguez, that guy is uh, still on top of his game. When did he stop sparring or when did he say he was sparring less? Was that before the after Ortega was uh, he had lost three out of four? Was he not sparring then or when did he say, hey, I kind of am not doing any sparring? I want to say it was before the uh, Cater fight. I think it was before the Cater fight in January. So like, and you know, mid 2020. And so it is recent. He's had two wins since then. He yeah. hasn't. Uh, okay. Cause it seems like it's really helped him a lot. Yeah. Kind of like the new camp. It just depends, man. And then we talked to other fighters and they're like, I wasn't sparring enough. I needed to like understand what it's like to be in there. It depends on, I think where you are in your career, what you've accomplished. Obviously Max has been in there a bunch of times. He doesn't need to get in a fight to prove that he can fight. What's the hardest part of announcing for you? Because I, I, I'm really in awe of what you guys do, like the ability for three people to to call, to predict, anticipate what guys are doing, describe a really, really complicated positions, uh, anticipating complicated positions. I think it's the hardest sport to call. Uh, whereas soccer, it's like he's running up the field, he kicks the ball, you know, it's just <laughs> yeah, such a different yeah. world. Uh, I, yeah, I think in our role, the, to not get into the complicated positions, right? Like if Matt, if Matt was calling fights with me and they go to the ground, what am I going to say? You know what I mean? Like I might give some backstory if this guy was a jujitsu world champion, that sort of thing. But in terms of walking through the positions, that's where I lean on, on the analysts who, you know, they've been in the training rooms for a long, long time. They know kind of what a guy needs to do. And then they can kind of walk the viewers through, uh, through what they need to do. So the analysis is, you know, left to the other guys. It's, it's our job as a play by play announcer to set up the moment, uh, give the backstory, give what's most important to the fighter, what's happening in their lives, and then to, you know, put the stamp on the moment. If there's a big knockout, if there's a big submission, uh, you know, staying composed in the moment. And uh, it's, a, it's a heck of a lot of fun. You just got to channel the energy the right way. So if it's you, Felder, and Bisping, it would be, you would be considered uh, the play-by-play and they're both considered analysts, or how does that work? Yeah, yeah. I'm the play-by-play. I'd be like the host, if you will. Right. Uh, and um, then they're the analysts. So it's, it's their job to kind of add the expertise and, uh, you know, come at it from with the voice of the fighter, you know, what it's like, whether it's a weight cut, whether it's training, whether it's getting ready for a fight, whether it's dealing with family life in addition to training camp or whatever these fighters are going through. Obviously, Paul and Michael have their unique experiences and uh, their accomplishments that they can lean on. But it's all in terms of how better to describe it to the fans so that they can better understand it. And then, you know, play by play is what's happening and, uh, you know, what it means, put it in context, you know, before, during and after. What about what about your podcast, Fitz Nation? 
Saw, so yeah. And life lessons from the UFC. Hey, what man. What life lessons are we learning on here? What do we well, got? So I need to talk to you, Matt, and get you on the podcast to learn your life lessons. Oh, Jimmy. <laughs> so, you know, it's a it's a it's a one on one interview with somebody in the world of MMA. And I go, you know, it's a long form interview. There's a lot of different formats for shows and podcasts and stuff like that. And I said, not a lot of people are sitting down with one fighter and talking about their journey, what they've learned, their fights, the inside stories. Um, and you know, it's turned into like a personal development kind of thing too, because, you know, like Matt, like if you live the life of a martial artist, you got to do a lot of things right too in your life. Like it's about, it's a, it, it leads to a lot of good habits. And I think those good habits are, are, are things that people can take away and, uh, put into their own lives. So it's kind of become a little bit of that, but it's also just, you know, telling the story of where you came from, what your journey is like, Matt, you had that high school teacher tell you, you're never going to amount to anything. You remember that, don't you? Your right. speech from the Hall of Fame. But uh, you, built, you built a pretty nice life for yourself. And uh, a lot of people can learn from that, even though you joke around and, you know, you know self-deprecating yeah. and all that. But we have real conversations on the show, and it's good. And Matt told me the same thing, actually, that I was never going to amount to anything. So Matt just kind of <laughs> passed it on. <laughs> I mean, stand-up comedians can, can have those, too. I had Adam Hunter on the show. And, uh, you know, it takes a lot of trial and error. It takes a lot of battling through stuff, Jim. Right. right. Yeah, I love Adam too. He's a, he's a really funny dude. He's he's really found a great place uh, doing MMA stuff, and yeah. uh, he, he's a funny guy. I'm very happy for him. Yeah, being a comic, it, it, we we just every comedian's a comedian because we can't fight. Like that's pretty, <laughs> with the exception of like Rogan and one or two other guys. Right. I mean, I, I would much rather have a left hook than a, a, you know than be able to do punchlines. Yeah, but if you can outwit somebody and make them you know feel hey. like put them in their place a little bit, guys. What the fuck happened with Chael Sonnen this weekend? I don't know. I didn't even see the news yet. I what? Just saw it. What do you mean? Jimmy, what? What do you mean? It's domestic something? Jimmy, what? You better look that up, man. We're groundbreaking uh, news network here for the MMA stuff. I know. So look that I, up, Jimmy. Come on, man. Wow. I don't okay. know. All I know is John Jones gets on Twitter. And it's like, look, I'm not a type. Like, if I was like you, I'd be, you know, happy you got in trouble. Now, basically... He's doing what he's saying he's not doing by saying that he wouldn't do it. So he's saying, if I was like you, I would be celebrating right now that, but, but, but I'm not going to, cause I'm not like you. But meanwhile, he clearly gloated <laughs> that the guy's in trouble. I don't know what happened, but uh, I hope he's okay. Well, you're saying five different, uh, but not, you say domestic. It wasn't at home. It was in a casino. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. In a hotel and something happened. I didn't say domestic. What are you talking about? Oh, I thought you did. Okay. No, I, mean, I, I said domestic because I didn't know. I didn't get the headlines oh, okay, at all. Okay. So apparently got in a big fight at a casino. Okay. Uh, it, you it know, is, hey, listen, shit happens. I hope he's okay, though. I yeah. do, too. I love Chael. Um, it's funny, but he, even like, who did we talk to one time? Um, oh, my God. We, he had like... Uh, he fought like five guys in a club one time. He's like, Five bouncers had to go to the hospital. Um Uriah Faber. It wasn't Uriah, but he does have a great fight story. I think from Indonesia. I brought that up. Was it Uriah? I don't think it was, but it might have been because he did have a fight story like that. You know, they always try to fuck with the little guy. I guess they do, oh, right? You're not going to see a tall glass of water like Brendan Fitzgerald and look the fuck with him, right. Jimmy. 
They see you. Even though they'd be much better off doing that. Than, might than, be better off. That. <laughs> Alistair Overeem. It was Overeem uh, who had uh, talked about getting to a scuffle with some bouncers. And you're like, I was like what's happening in your life when you're, when you're fucking with somebody and you realize, oh, that guy's a, an MMA fight. Like, what a bad decision you've yeah. made. And it's not like Overeem doesn't look the part. It's one thing if you pick on Ryan Hall and you find yourself, uh, yeah. you know, waking up. But right. like, why would o- you even touch Overeem? Overeem too? looks like a fucking... James Bond villain. Yeah. You know what I mean? You give that guy an eye patch or something. Fuck. I don't know. He's got the big scar on his face. Yeah. He's yeah. Gentleman. What are you doing for the holiday, uh, Brennan? Hanging around here. Family coming to town a little bit. Just, you know, keeping it simple. Uh, Christmas at home. The boy is six and a half. So it's, you know, prime years of uh, fun times. Waiting for Santa, making cookies, all that good stuff. Unplugging from the machine for a few weeks, which is nice. So that we recharge and, uh, Ready to hit it hard next year. Yeah. Will you watch a lot of stuff, uh, fights or anything, or, or do you just kind of give your brain a chance to just go, you know what? Nothing MMA right now. I mean, I, I won't watch any fights right now because uh, I'm all, I'm calling the first event of the year in January 15th. So it's, I mean, it is truly like the, the off season for the UFC. It wasn't like this before. We used to have that event, you know, New Year's weekend. Right. Um, and I think when it switched to ESPN, it changes because, you know, college football playoff is around New Year's. So they want to steer all the all the viewers and sports fans to the big college football games, the bowl games and that sort of stuff. So uh, it's kind of nice with the ESPN deal. Like we don't we haven't had events on Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, we haven't had events on New Year's and Christmas has been off and stuff like that. So we get to just have our mini off season of three weekends with no fights and uh, enjoy the time with our families. And then it'll get busy again next year. No doubt about it. Shows you, I, I had no idea why. I, I never made a connection with ESPN as to why the schedule might have changed. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, different properties, you know what I mean? Different different properties, different sports that they show and uh, busy times of the year. So, Well, Brandon, you're a great announcer, um, and I appreciate you coming on. And, and uh, Oh, wait, did we uh, – oh, we already did the yeah, knockout of the year. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place today. <laughs> I, I don't have my glasses on. I'm well, still... It's the last day of school. You know <laughs> yes. what I mean? Last show for you guys. Like, get it out there, and then you guys enjoy. But uh, have a great holiday. We'll definitely talk to you again next year. We'd love to have you. I think it's been almost a year since you were on, so you know, hopefully it yeah. won't be that long next time. I know you're busy, but love to have you on more often. Um, always fun having you. Yeah, always a pleasure to talk to you, Jim and Matt, and uh, happy holidays to you guys, and uh, all the best. Can't wait to come you back You too, buddy. On. And you're great on the air, too. I, you're you're really you. you're, you're great with calling fights. I and, appreciate uh, that. Talk Take to you soon, man. Take care of yourself. Right. Happy holidays. See you, buddy. You you too. Buddy. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, man. This is good. It's just fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's a fun little holiday episode. 
It is, yeah. We have oh, Dean the Thomas. The outside is frightful. All right, Jimmy, I just I don't know where that gets. You. Sorry, my thing <laughs> shut off. Called. Listen, Jimmy, I just like you know, it's Christmas time. It is, yeah. You know, it really is. Oh, we got. Oh my goodness! What, buddy? Christmas is coming early. We got Mr. Dean Thomas coming on. Uh, is he in yet? I don't know. But all right, listen. Until oh, you just got, saw it on the prep sheet. Yeah, I just. I that was just, probably 2018. He probably is coming out in 2018. No, I just figured it's it, 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 it is amazing, though. I like it. I like that they're messing up. Jimmy, um, Spider-Man, No yeah. Way Home. You, you like, oh, like, I'm sitting here thinking that you've seen it because you made a joke. No, I heard it was good, though. Now, I, should I do spoilers? Because people, You can if you want. I don't care. All right, now, I'm going to do spoilers because it's been out for over a week now. Yes. I have a question for you. Yes. Is Dr. Octopus in it? Yes. I love Alfred Molina. Doc Ock is in it. Good. Very good. So William Defoe is in it. Ah. And also, there's going to be a big spoiler, but listen, people kind of got the idea. He dies. Well, listen. Let's he's not, married. Let's, well, now you just jump in the gun. Okay, hold oh. on. Yes. Now, listen, I'm giving you spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home in yep. three, two, one. Okay, I'm going to say three, two, one. Sure, that's fair. Three, two, one. Spoilers for the new Spider-Man movie. Okay. Yeah. Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire is in it. Isn't that great, Jimmy? That they got the two Jimmy. How is that a spoiler? What? How it's called? Isn't it like a multiverse? They're all Spider-Men running ah! around, zapping yes. each other and shit. Yeah, no. Well, I'll tell you, there is some moments where they're like, "Wait a minute!" They're looking at Tobey Maguire like, "Where's your web shooters?" He's like, "What do you mean? I make it myself." They're like, "Oh." You know, like, how do you do that? How does that happen? And then one of them asked him, does it come out anywhere else? In other words, does it dick shoot out? Yeah. I don't know why that guy would ask that fucking weird shit. Nah, he's just anyway, a little fan there's service. Parts, there's, listen, I didn't know. I'm trying to think if what I still, and it worked. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But would it, would it work if I didn't see those other Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire? Right. And, would it matter to you? I'm trying to think if it would or not, there would still be other Spider-Mans and they kind of explain what they're doing. And they, they give a little backstory in this story sure. about people they lost, whether it's Gwen Stacy or Uncle Ben. But, but where's the, Gwen Stacy? I, Gwen Stacy. You don't know who Gwen Stacy is? No, where is that she? Was, what that happened was to her? Andrew Garfield's like, um, he that was this amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. That was his, like basically his. She die? Yes. Ah. She died, Jimmy. R.I.P. Gwen. And it was so, and know what I like about this one? There was a part. In this, and it was very emotional. There's a couple more. It got a little dusty in there. I'm not saying some people who ever passed away, but it was definitely a little. I'm glad my glasses were on. I don't want my daughters. It was me, my wife, my kids, and Uncle Ed. Yeah, he loves it too. Okay, so we're in there. We got the the the, 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 the glasses on, watching it because it was 3D. And I'm telling you, it got a little dusty in there in certain parts, a little emotional. Okay, oh. so be prepared to even you with your little black heart. You might, I'm telling you, Jimmy, you might melt it. Might melt I think it. I know what happens. No, you don't think There's so. a moment where the city lays ah. out behind him and Spider-Man turns around and says, my job is to look after those little insects with my web. Is that it? Not it at all. Listen to me. It's a moment. I know what it is. No, stop guessing what? What is it? Um, <laughs> you don't even know. Matt, I, I know what it is. Spider-Man what? meets a girl and he says, Sure, I may climb buildings, but you've climbed my heart. 
First of all, is that good? No. Second of all, boo. Listen yeah. to me. He tried. He almost. He tried to save Gwen Stacy. We got thrown off a fucking building or something. But yeah. and he and he and he shot him with a web and and then he like he like held it. But I think a neck snap. Or something. It was crazy and it was very emotional. And I didn't like that movie because it was a downer. Because then you know she died and I thought Jamie Foxx was corny in it, even though he was cool in this one. But he so, plays Ray. Ray Charles. Why is he in it? No, listen, he doesn't play. Hit Ray the Ray road, Ray. Gwen. Oh, no, no, no. He does not play Ray, Ray Charles. Oh, okay. He plays uh, uh, Electro, okay? And he's very cool in this one, unlike the other one when he was kind of weird and geeky. Who's Electro? Electro is. That was, uh, breaking he, two? He, <laughs> <laughs> the, listen, oh. so in this one. Yes, sorry. MJ. Tom Holland's MJ of this movie. Oh, wow. Listen to me. Listen to me. Oh, not that MJ? Uh, wait, what? MJ. MJ. Okay. Mary uh, he passed. Oh, sorry. I'm thinking Michael Jackson. No, it's not Michael Jackson. It's Peter Parker's girlfriend, Tom Holland's girlfriend. Spider-Man's oh. girlfriend. She gets thrown off the building, and Tom Holland goes to save his girlfriend. The Green Goblin's fucking scooter uh. thing gets in front of him. He can't do it. <laughs> Stop it. So Andrew Garfield, listen, spoilers. He jumped to save her. Deja vu. This is what happened to him in his universe with Gwen Stacy. Right. And he, and he failed to save her. That's right. And he learned from his mistakes and he did a boom, boom. And he got underneath and he shit. He saved her. And then when he's like, oh, you, this is a little emotional. I don't want to get emotional. You won't. But he's like, are you okay? And he said this, he, in this universe, he wasn't yeah. even saved. His girlfriend. Gwen right. Stacy, love of his life. He wasn't able to see. Don't Jimmy stop smirking. At this. I'm not. This is this was very emotional. Sure. In his universe, he wasn't able to save his girlfriend. Right. But in this universe, this uh, Peter Parker, Tom Holland's girlfriend, MJ, he did save her, and it was similar circumstances. So when he catches her, he's like, "Are you okay?" She's like, "Yes." And she saw him, and he was very emotional. Just don't get me emotional. Oh, wait, why was he emotional? Crying. Listen to me. He was almost crying. Like he was like, "Oh," he's like, he's like. She's like, are you okay? And he's like, he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm okay. But he was like, basically, like. (laughs) 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 You're mean. (laughs) You're a fucking mean, mean bird. Look at me. Now I'm crying. I'm crying, really. Because you're a fucking, you're a mean guy. You're You're a mean individual. No, he saved oh, her. He couldn't shit. save his own girl, but he no, saved her. He couldn't <laughs> save her, but he saved her. He didn't right. say that. But you saw it on his face. Great. And, and did he fuck her? Did he did he fuck his friend's girlfriend? <laughs> Be great. She took him into the fucking oh, took him into a warehouse and blew him. <laughs> Cucked out the other Spider-Man. Oh fuck, Jimmy. So anyway, it was very emotional. And it actually yeah. I never really liked. Andrew Garfield, Andrew, right. Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. But I'll tell you right now, I like him the best in this movie. Yeah. Because that right there gave him redemption and he yeah. a little bit. I mean, the other girl's dead in his universe. But it was just very a very touching moment. Sure. Sick fuck. <laughs> you, know, Jimmy, you gotta, you gotta one day you gotta you gotta realize I'm your friend and you gotta stop picking on me. I love you, but it just I I I cried once during a superhero movie. I know you did not. Yeah. Oh, you fucking picking yeah. on me. You cried. No, I didn't. Camp. 
when he's like, come on, Dad. What was it? Come on, Chief. Oh, yeah. I saw that in the movie theater, though, with Ricky Schroeder crying over John Voight. Of course. He died, John Voight, in that. Did he die in that? Yes, he did. He played the, I forget, a Billy something. Uh, Jack Warden's like, come on, Billy. Uh, yeah, he played his uh, coach. Uh, yeah, I was, I was five when I, I saw the that. Sequel when then Ricky ended up in an orphanage, right? No, he didn't. But what uh, happened to Ricky after that? We never know. You don't know. You His have to died. assume. He's done crying over him, and you leave just sitting there like, oh. Yeah. I think Faye Dunaway was in that. I forget who the woman was. Was it Jessica Lang or Faye Dunaway? There was a great actress. Uh, let's see who was in The Champ. Oh, look at that. Yeah, from 1978. 73. It was 73. 73. I believe uh, so. I Wait. I think so. I no, 79. I'm sorry. I was 10. You know my man? I see You're right. you, kid. And I was like five years old or something, so it was very depressing. It was Faye Dunaway. I was right, and Rick Schroeder. Rick Schroeder. Yeah. Yeah, they don't make them like that anymore. Yeah. Heroes dying like that. I know. I was <laughs> crying too because I lost money on that fight. <laughs> Jimmy, did he win? Probably. Yeah, I don't remember. I bet on the other guy. <laughs> Jimmy, listen, you should see the Spider-Man No Way Home. Just I will, actually. Because it was. Did you see the other ones? No, I saw the first one just because I was in it. Um, my oh, favorite one is when Tobey Maguire is walking in part three, and he's doing like that cool walk in part three. Yeah, you were in that? No, no, that's my favorite. I was in the first one. But in part three, when Tobey's doing that cool walk, that was my favorite part. They goop on him for that. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Part three, but it's weird because they did have all those villains. They had Sandman in there, and the guy yeah. who plays him, uh, what's his name? They had um, they had, I, it was interesting. I really I liked what they did. You know, that sounds interesting. Yeah, and Alfred Molina, I could watch in anything. I think he's just the best. I just remembered him from that Boogie Nights. Yeah, he, that's why I like him. <laughs> yeah, it's Cosmo. He's throwing fucking firecrackers. Yeah, yeah, what was that about? It's just some weird homoerotic relationship he had with Cosmo and his underpants, throwing fucking <laughs> firecrackers. They're all loud. And 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 uh, uh, Mark Mark Wahlberg and and John C. Riley and I forget the other actor's name who was with them, but that the, their reactions to the firecrackers was so good. It was such a great scene. They were trying to rip them off, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They did try. It didn't work out though, did it? Uh no. Oh, I'm sorry, Jerry. Oh, D, let's get Dean Thomas in here, man. Oh, is he here? Awesome. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
There he is, the worst angle possible. Good evening. Hold on, man, I'm fixing it up. I'm fixing it up right now. Five podcasts, ten, six, eight. How many podcasts he does a week? And look at the fucking angle we got. (laughs) I'm fixing it now. And look at this. We got a fucking sloppy-ass hotel room. Could you treat this like one of your other gigs, please? And give a shit? I do all my gigs the same. I don't give a shit about none of them. That's why he's good at them. No pressure. I yeah. heard you got a lot of praise for your Stephen Smith um, thing at the MMA Awards. Oh, yeah. People don't seem to like that. I'm, I'm not sure why. But... You know what? Uh, well, listen, congratulations on that. But well, what I'm very upset much. about is I thought Adam was going to do something for me and you. I didn't even know it was MMA. They don't like me at those MMA Awards. No, no. You I know never, what it was? I never once was invited out there. Not that, you know. I never you know what it was? Like, it was he, they hit him up like really short notice to like, piece some stuff together well listen man because he said he was trying to do something for me and you he called me up and he's like yo man let's do we should do something with and this was the same day i think it happened right before i seen it he goes let's have you and dean thomas do like the island boys and i'm like ah, i don't know how that would look i can't really yeah exactly jimmy and then the same day i see michelle uh waterson and holly Holm doing their parody of it i go I can't do this now. Yeah. I wrote him. Yeah. I go, this ain't going to work. He goes, ah, I'll think of something else. Well, he said he was going to do the Long Island boys, but I was like, I'm not from Long Island. <laughs> it's still I, funny. I, though. I don't know. Yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah. But I can't picture me doing that. You know, I don't think it would work. You know what I mean, Dean Thomas? Well, we, you know, what well, we was going to do um, Myrtle, Myrtle and Briggs Ooh. and Biggs. Ooh, that could be gold. Yeah. Hey, Listen, I was in Florida a couple of weeks ago, and I get a text. It was a, it was a Saturday night. It was during the fights, one of the fights you were working, and it was uh, it was Dana. And he goes, "Do you see what the fuck Dean is wearing?" <laughs> I go, "No, man, I'm at the park. I'm gonna go watch it now." He goes, "He goes, you gotta, you gotta see this." <laughs> I, then I did see it, and then I there's some things that you can't unsee, Dean Thomas. Tell me. About your get up and now do you do that saying, hey, this is something that they're gonna talk about later because this is unusual, or you do it like, oh, I'm going to the ball. You like to dress up. Yeah. So I what were you wearing with, with that I, thing? Yeah, my my outfits are with almost all of them are with the intention for talk about. I want I want I want people to talk about them because that's that's my gimmick, right? Because, you know, when I'm on there, I'm on there with, uh, uh, you know, Alan Joban. He's a good-looking guy, former. You know, he just retired. Michael Chiesa, he's still fighting. So I need my thing to separate me from them. Well, what was the outfit, Dean? I remember seeing it. I don't remember what it was. It was, um, I had on like a turquoise, like a light turquoise jacket. Turtleneck? With a turquoise, nah, a turquoise ascot. That's right. Dude, you, hey, listen, I'll find that thing by the time you say Dean Thomas. Yeah, it was, it, it was, it was, but you know, sometimes I do things too, and I, I'll, but how I pick them, I go, what is somebody else not going to wear? That. Yeah, right. I figured no one else would wear that, but who could pull it off? You did. You, I, I mean, yeah, I was able to pull it off because I got like a pimp vibe to me. You and Charles Nelson Riley are the only two people that can wear an ascot. <laughs> you do. You do got a pimp vibe to you, Dean Thomas. I always yeah. 
Dean Thomas, have you seen the latest Spider-Man movie, No Way Home? I have not. I have not Ooh. seen that, nor have I seen West Side Story, and I'm looking forward to watching both. Uh, of them. Right, why don't what? you West Side Story? When uh, you're Dean Thomas, ready? Ready? Yes. Are you ready? Yes, yes. Listen, no. I'm ready. When you're in when jet, you're jet, 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 all jet, the way, all the way, you're the first living to your last dying day. Did, wait, did you say your that first wait, cigarette. Wait, Oh, did he not know that? Sorry. It was close. It was close. I was almost there. West Side right. Story stinks. No, are you kidding me? You old ladies. West Side Jimmy. Story is terrible. Are you kidding me? Oh, yada, da, da. we're going to fight in the street and sing and dance. Yada, da, da. It's terrible. Officer Klumski, you're done it again. Officer Klumski, you're done it again. Yes, I'd rather hear the song at the end of the Warriors when he's clanking the bottles together. Come out to play. That's better than anything in West Side Story. No, man. I love West Side Story. You know what actually I watched last night, too? Wasn't West Side Story. I looked for that, but it wasn't on. I watched Bugsy Malone. That is a classic. It's a very underrated gangster movie. Bugsy Malone, watch that one. You're not talking about the one with Scott Bayo with the yes, Scott Bayo with the cotton candy. uh, That's Happy Days. Wait, 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 no, no. Are you talking about Bugsy Malone with the with the when they had the um the Tommy guns that shot off the the cream? Yeah, cream. Yeah, it was a Scott Bayo. That's horrible. Scott Bayo, no, Scott (laughs) Bayo, Jodie Foster. It was a it's a classic. I remember that man. That was that's. I mean, Dean Thomas. That was showing our age. Yeah, I know. But you should see the new Spider-Man movie. I know. I'm going to see that. Everybody's talking about it. It's very emotional. Jimmy, we just had a moment, me and Jimmy, when I was reliving one of the uh, what happened in it. And, uh, you know, Jimmy was goofing on me. I, you know, it, it, it tugs at your heartstrings. Plus, Tom Holland is in it. And he got hands. You ever seen him box? He got hands. Was he really? Yeah. Where'd you he see got hands. That? Look on YouTube. If you look on YouTube of him boxing, he could box a little bit. Tom, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I promise you. Well, listen to me. I like him as Spider-Man. I'm a big Spider-Man fan. But these times, you don't really go to movies. You just do No, I try to. Well, I haven't because of COVID, but I try to. I love going to movies. You're a busy man. I love going to movies, though, man. Like movies, like going to a movie and by being by myself and eat popcorn, that is one of, I think, one of life's greatest joys. Oh, you go alone? You like to go alone? Yeah, I like to go alone. Yeah, I did that the other day, man, when I was in uh, Disney Springs. My family was shopping the last day of vacation. I go, look, I've seen Doom before, but I want to see it in the theater because I saw it on HBO Max. Dude, oh, my God. Watch Dune. That's the movie. I, I that's, my, that's one of my fucking favorites. Watch that Dune? in the theater. Dune. Dune. Dean. Uh, Holy fuck. Unless it's like. Unless it's like a fucking snuff film, this little bird, he don't like anything. <laughs> anything I say, he's always like, <laughs> Jimmy. Yeah. For a fucking make, guy who makes people laugh, you're a downer. <laughs> you don't like anything. You don't I like do. Ozzy Osbourne. I do like Ozzy Osbourne. You love Ozzy Osbourne. Yes. But what do you watch? What is your entertainment? You don't like comedies. They're not funny. I like 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days. <laughs> you like stuff like that My, I, I, I like First 48 I watch a lot of I like that show People getting shot. First 48 
it's a really cool. amazing show to watch uh the, the break down these you watch criminals go in there and every time a criminal goes in i'm like just shut up don't talk to the cops you're gonna trip and every time they're like well i wasn't there and five minutes later it was like i just went over to talk to him and you're like you're finished i watched that chapter on uh on uh youtube and it's this guy who says a little something it's like english guy or i don't know scottish i don't know he has an accent yes glasses like, okay let's give it a go and then he talks about the the, uh, the murder and it's like one of those murder stories it goes over all like the um the sick, everything from serial killers to whatever. Just it's like a dateline thing, but with this guy doing it on YouTube. I love it. It's called that chapter. That chapter or this chapter. One of those. But boy, I like those. Those like real, like those like uh the real crime stories and shit. I like to watch that like in the morning. Like when I'm having my espresso and I got my iPad there, and I don't like to watch it late at night. Yeah, you can get nightmares. I, wa- I watched an episode of the first 48 once, and it was just like this old black dude, and he got into a fight and he started swinging a mop at a guy. And for some re- reason, I could like relate to this guy. I don't know why, but I could relate to this. This old black man was getting beat up, and he started swinging a mop at another guy, and I was like, "Damn!" But I was really, I could really relate to that for some reason. Swinging the mop? Yeah. Just like feeling like under attack. So you like using whatever, using whatever you have to survive. Sure. Yeah, that's, yeah. It was cool to me. You're very good, by the way, Dean. When you go in and do your, uh, like the, when they have you come in there with the, with the I guess the coach, they call it, what do they call it? A coach's uh, minute yeah, or something? the coach's role. They really don't have a name for it. Yeah, it's very so, good. You always have a good, uh, something smart to say. And you always know when to duck, to duck back out. You pop in, you make a couple of smart observations and you fucking hit the door. You, you know yeah, what you're like, doing. I, and, and that's exactly what I want to do. And everybody asks me, Yo, why don't you want to get on a commentary team? Like, those dudes talk too much. All I want to do is go in, say something, sound like I know what I'm talking about, and get the hell out of there. What did you think about, um, did you know, for me, the end of the first round with Pena and Amanda, when Amanda was kind of almost being uh, Kimura, you knew she was going to have a tougher time for some reason. When did you see that she might be going to have a hard night? Um, Could you tell earlier just from knowing her? I was not, it wasn't at the end of the first. It was in the second round when her shoulders raised up. Because her, when her shoulders raised up, it showed me that there was some tension in her body. And when oh, that, te- yeah, and it yeah. was tension in her body. And she started to fight with tension. And she started throwing them heavy punches. And she looked tight. And those punches didn't look good. They didn't look like Amanda Nunez punches. That's when I said, uh oh, she's in trouble. And then when she started getting hit and her legs got all wobbly, I was like, this girl is in trouble and it didn't look good. And the old Amanda came out and this is the Amanda that I know as a person, the one that has a lot of anxiety, the one that's the one that, d- that doesn't deal with anxiety. Well, and this is why like she gets tired and fights. It's not her conditioning. It's not anything other than the fact that when she gets anxious, her body tightens up and she just wants to get the hell out of there. Almost like, a kid's first day of school would don't want to go to school on your first day. And that's an issue that she has. Shit. I would just stomp my feet and be like, no, I don't want to go. But that's different than what happened to her. Listen, I feel that she just wanted that thing to be over with. Like for sure. Like that's why everything she threw was like, I'm going to get you out of here now. And then when she was still in front of her, jabbing her in the face and then actually getting that clinch and getting her down. People are like, oh, how could you? This is the, this is the untrained people or the people that just roll jujitsu and they they never been in a real fight. They're like, 
How could she even tap to that? How could she tap? It's like, dude, she was exhausted. She was, it's not like she was about to go to sleep. Like, but I think she was just like, all right, fuck yeah, it. Yeah, the choke didn't even look like it was in yeah. fully. It so, was more so just get me out of here. Like, I just, okay, I'm done. I want to go home. That's yeah. really what it was. That was her anxiety talking to her. Her anxiety crept up on her and was like, get me the hell out of this situation. I'm scared. Take me back to mommy. That's what that was. It wasn't, you know, and again, like that's an issue that I think she had in her career before, but she got over that and it came, it crept back up on her against Juliana Pena. Interesting because her face looked different. Like watching her, it, it, you're right. I can't, I don't make the observations you guys do. I, I don't see a fight with the same precision you do, but just as an untrained eye watching her face, she didn't look like the same Amanda in the face even. She just looked uncomfortable. I couldn't place why, but what you're saying makes sense. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy, think about it. Like, your first time doing comedy was probably like, I mean, I don't know you your personality in terms of, like, how you grew up, but, like, your first time on stage, you're like, oh, my God, this feels like your heart's beating. You can't get the jokes out. They, it's just You're different. And just because you fight doesn't mean that, like, you're going to be able to deal with that better. Some people deal with it better than others. Sure. But we assume that because you're a fighter that it's just easy to deal with. But some people still don't manage it well. Right. And if you don't train it consistently, you lose it. And I think that's what happened is that, you know, she's not a gym rat. Like she, and she's, she's not in the gym all the time. She does train for fights, but she's not in the gym all the time. These things aren't natural for her. So when that fight happened and she got that pressure and that stress hit her, she was like, yo, get me the hell out of here. Well, listen, uh, let's talk about. Yes. The, what is it? Fight of the what, what, what's, what's the, I think we're, we're, t- we're talking about fight of the year. We've we, uh, this last episode and this episode, we've gone over a couple of like monumental things from the year, the best of this. And here's a couple of fight of the year contenders, Dina. <clears throat> um, uh, McGregor, uh, two against Poirier, Riddell, uh, Drew Dober, Ponzinibbio against Baeza, uh, Sanhagen, Dillashaw, uh, Volkanovsky, Ortega. Gaethje Chandler, Rodriguez Holloway. There's a, there's a lot of really good options here. I Unless there's go. one that's not on that list. No, no, no. I, and You know, I, I like all those. However, the one that stands out to me is Chandler Gaethje. Yeah. I think, uh, to me, that was the best fight of the year. All the other ones were good. Um, but that fight had everything you can ask for other than a finish. But it didn't need it because like the storylines, the back and forth, the almost getting knocked out. I mean, it was just so good and entertaining and dramatic in moments that you, to me, that was the best fight of the year. Volkanovski Ortega was pretty amazing too. Um, Volkanovski surviving. What round was it? The third round when Ortega was in deep on a choke. I think it was the fourth. Was it the fourth round? Yeah. Uh, that was a, that's, I think you know, everybody knew Volkanovsky, how good he was, but I think that cemented him in everybody's mind. Like, yeah, the fights with uh, Holloway were a little questionable, but I mean, to survive that and then go on to win, uh, very impressive. Yeah, I thought about that being like the fight of the year, but to me, without those two moments in the fourth round, to me, it was a bit one-sided. Like I thought that Volkanovsky just beat oh, him okay. up and, and it was one-sided, but for him to escape those, which added made it more dramatic. But other than that, I thought it was more one-sided. With the Gaethje and Chandler fight, I thought it was so close. And both guys at times were, like, almost done. That's why, to me, that was – like, even Ponzinibbio and Miguel Beza, that, to me, was yeah. another good fight. That was a dog fight. 
that to me was was probably even better to me than Yair or not Yair, but um the the fight with uh, Volkanovski and uh Ortega yeah. Ortega, yeah. There's fights that obviously the fights that we're we're talking about, <clears throat> all of them, they're bar- they're barn burners. And when they're happening, you're invested and you're like, oh, what's gonna happen next round? And that's what makes them well, that's what yeah. makes them so great. And that's why they're on this list. But I'm going a little deeper. It's not that it had the most action, even though it did, but everything going into it, everything that was at stake about the redemption factor. And that's that's the Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor, too. I mean, Dustin got smoked the first fight. It wasn't a, a very competitive fight. He got knocked out in the first round. And to come back and to, to beat him the way he did after taking a couple of shots, people, and you got to understand, look at when he did it. Connor was looking pretty much unstoppable. I know he had that fight with Habib, but besides that, he came back and he was and he did what he did with um with uh, Cowboy Cerrone, and he looked great. And everybody said, "Oh my God, it's the, that's the Connor that fought Eddie Alvarez. Look at him, and he's amazing." And then and then he's fighting a guy that he beat when people when they first made the fight, they were actually like, "Ah, well, he already beat him." And now look, look, they put Dustin back in in at the at, in in the limelight because he had to. Take he had to beat a guy that that stopped him that stopped him in 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 in, uh, in brutal fashion and he did it in brutal fashion the way he ended it and it was the way it, it, it oh it was good even that first round when uh, when he was getting tagged and all of a sudden he did a counter back and he pointed at him like hey look you know I know how to box too it was it was something else and even though those other fights I was invested when I was watching them and there was so many good moments now that I'm thinking about it I'm like oh yeah this and that. But that other fight was, I don't know when that fight was with, with uh, Poirier and... In and, January. Uh, hey, look, man. So, I mean, it was almost a year ago, and I still have vivid memory, uh, memories of the stuff that went down in that fight because of all the history with it. So, I don't know. And I, I think that fight was the one that stood out the most to me. So, I'm going to call that my fight of the year. I, I, I'm going to take Gaethje Chandler. I mean, that was just such a back and forth uh punishing fight and they were both so damaged at the end of it I, I, for me that was the, the yeah for me it's just the one i enjoyed the most i think but there's so many great fights yeah matt would you what you're saying about the poirier uh um uh, mcgregor fight the second one yeah i almost agree with you like that was almost my fight of the year and it was almost my moment of the year as well because there was so much involved in that so much at stake and you're right connor was looking good up until the point where he was getting beat i mean he his hands were looking good. He was looking sharp boxing. He was touching Dustin up. But as soon as Dustin made that adjustment and turned it around, and it happened so fast, it was like, wait, what just happened? And then when he knocked him out, you're thinking like, oh, my God. I mean, that was a great, great moment of the year. To me, it was almost my moment of the year, and I can see why it would be your fight, your fight of the year because there was a lot at stake and so much uh, emotion and connection to everybody else in that fight with both fighters. And uh, not to switch gears here, but uh, wait, Jimmy. Oh yeah, Jimmy, you picked uh, Nietzsche and uh, yeah, and Chandler. Chandler yeah, uh, you got a feel for Angela Hill a little bit. Oh, she's on the she's on the on the wrong. And I, you yeah. don't want to say the wrong because listen, when fights are close, I get it. But it just seems like she's on the the short end of the stick. She can't get a break. That's yeah, the short end of this thing, like where it's like, man, really, like I really think she, you really think she lost this fight? Like, what are you looking at, really? Like, I don't, I don't. I don't get it. Like I, I don't know why. Like, like, cause she's really, she's really looking great. Like in these fights that she's losing is really 
razor thin or just downright wrong. So I don't know, man. I, I always like to see a fight. And it looks like she's getting, even though she's losing some of these decisions, I think she's looking better and better every time she fights. Yeah, I don't, man, I have no idea why she's losing these decisions. These decisions. Like you look back at them and you go, what is she doing in her body language that's not allowing the judges to favor her? It's got to be something in the body language. Maybe it's, you know, she moves her feet too much and they think she's being trying to be too flashy and they don't like that. But there's something that she's doing that judges consistently don't like that's not allowing her to get these rounds. Yeah. And that's something that she has to look at. But I don't get it neither. There's like, how in the hell can she be going on this run of losing split decision after split decision after split decision in which everybody else, most fighters, thinks she, that she's winning? Yeah. You got yeah. me, man. I don't know, but... We just, I just wanted to give her some love because, you know, we're, we're big fans. And, uh, wow. you know, listen, the people know what they're watching. You know what I mean? They're yeah. Like, and I'm like, oh, what is she doing in there? Keep losing. No, nah, dude, she's she's getting a she's getting a, a, a tough time with the judges, what she's having. Yeah, six fights in a row have been decisions. Um, and of the four of them have been losses. And they, and three, three of those four have been split decision losses. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Dean, what are you doing for the holidays, man? Man, I'm not doing anything. I'm trying. Actually, you know what? I might try to come to New York. <laughs> Why would you go to New York? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I just, because I, I don't really have nothing else to do. Like, there's nothing to do. Like, there's, there's no shows. There's no fights. There's everything is like in transition. So I'm just going to try to enjoy myself and chill out and just maybe travel a little bit. Well, if you're in New York, let me know because I'll be in New York for part of it. I'm going to see my family. So uh, it'll be great to see you if you happen to be in the city. Yeah, I will. You know, I, I like to travel. It's, it's cold up there now, too, and Florida's still hot. So I want to yeah. experience some cold air for a little bit before I. I everybody gets all bummed out with the cold weather. I don't uh, mind it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Jimmy, like, sometimes he breaks out in a song. He goes, Matt, seasons change. <laughs> People yeah. change. I go, Jimmy, that's enough. I get it. No. <laughs> he likes when I do it. He likes when I do it if I oil up my bosoms while I'm Is doing what, it. <laughs> when, you're, when you're singing them songs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put baby oil on my bosoms, Matt. Likes <laughs> Gross. Guys, uh, listen to me. It's been a hell of a year. Yes. I think this is goodbye. Wait, JD, what do you want to plug, man? Yeah. Plug some shit, Dean Thomas. Plug one of your 50 gigs that you have going. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Like everything, like I said, everything is slowed down right now. So, um, yeah, everything is slow. We shot an episode of Looking for a Fight. It's yet to air, but who knows when that's going to air. But I hope it airs soon. Yeah, we we shot that one. That's it. We're shooting another one in February. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to that one. Dude, I know I know some of the stuff we're doing, and I'm just telling you, I don't think that um you're gonna like it. Why does he do that? He, now he's being a bully. Yeah. I'm, teasing. Bullies. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Hey, speaking you know, of bullies, do you know what it is? I know one of the things that we're gonna be doing. Tell me later. I want to know. Uh, but I will tell you this though. Um, why you let my my little cousin do backflips on your Instagram page? Now, first of all, <laughs> I gave a blue belt to young Marcus. And he is everybody love this kid is such a good kid. And if you look on my Instagram, I that was that was this morning at the 7 a.m. class. And he's a kid that he he's there, he's there more than me. He's always at the school 
He's got his little brothers there. He's such a good kid. I, everybody loves young Marcus. And uh, he goes into all the local tournaments and he takes road trips to do a tournament. So he's been depressing a lot of blue belts and higher. So I gave you Marcus. It's not Dean's brother, but it does look like a young Dean Thomas. Which is like, oh, he's doing the bad. He's, he's so happy. He's doing bad. He's my little cousin. Like my little cousin out there. So excited. He's a good man. You're going to meet him one day when you come out. He's one I of, am. He's one of my favorite people. But uh, Jimmy, I got gigs uh, February 17th, New Hampshire, the 18th, two shows at the Wilbur in Boston. Uh, early shows almost sold out. And the uh, uh, 19th, I'll be at Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut. And uh, right. Dean, have a great holiday, Matt. Uh, always. I'll probably talk to you over the over Jimmy, the course of the weekend. Maybe it's the holidays right now. I'm looking at you and I'm picturing you in a little elf outfit with that little like Rice Krispie hat. That little thing on like this. I'm uh, going to be perched in a tree. <laughs> I no, can see you just hopping around. Look at I picture Jimmy dress. I picture Jimmy dressed like the Grinch with just a Santa jacket, no pants, and a hat. Oh, <laughs> well, you're both uh, right. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, listen to me, Jimmy. We're gonna have such. I'm looking forward to another year of seeing you twice a week. Who knows? Maybe we'll bump it up to three times a week. You never know. We could only make a little wish. Oh no, we know. Holiday I was thinking of going down to once a week. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, on behalf of UFC Unfiltered, happy, happy, merry, merry. Yeah, you know, listen, merry, merry. What? Yeah, we'll see you soon. A week or so. Bye, everyone. All right, have a great holiday, guys. Worst goodbye ever. No, it's phenomenal. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>